Hello and welcome to Hot Rod Bible Study. Tonight we are continuing our study in the book of Matthew, uh, the 24th chapter. Uh, we're going to get in, oh, do about 31, 32 verses. Um, this is when the disciples are asking Jesus questions a bit about the end times. Uh, I'm not too much on eschatology. I can't even pronounce it properly. The one thing that I like to tell everybody about end times is just this. Be prepared. And as end times we're in, uh, as things approach uh, the time when we are, the church is raptured out of here, uh, you know, uh, it's more important that we uh, share our faith with our friends and loved ones. And again, I'm, I'm not one for beating somebody over the head. We're called to be witnesses, not attorneys, and we can't argue somebody into the kingdom, though we may want to. Uh, but I think it's best just if we uh, kind of do the little bit of the St. Francis of Assisi, the preach Christ, and if you must use words, uh, that's, that's a good example uh, yet, if we don't, we don't have words. If we are not in God's word, where are we, where are we getting this? You know, uh, so it, it, we have to be in in study and study for ourselves. I was just watching a deal on uh, with Eric Metaxic on uh, Martin Luther, and he was the guy said, you know what? It's not the priest telling you what to do. You need to get in the word for yourself. And so that's what we're doing here tonight. Pardon my little bit of rambling on, uh, but let's uh, go into prayer. Heavenly Father, Dad, we love you. We know you love us. Look at the blessings you've bestowed upon us. Look at the word that you've given us. Please help us in our desire to study your word. Open our hearts and, your mind, and our minds to your word. And as usual... Keep me from fouling it up. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. As a matter of fact, speaking of fouling things up, uh, I had a I had a uh, faux pas last week where I called Micah the last book of uh, the Old Testament. No, it's Malachi. So there you go. Hope some of you caught that. I'm fessing up right off the bat. Okay, here we are. Matthew 24. Starting in the first verse where it says, Then Jesus went out and departed from the temple. And his disciples came up to show him the buildings of the temple. And Jesus said to them, Do you not see all these things? Assuredly, I say to you, not one stone shall be left here upon another that shall not be thrown down. Now, as he sat out on the Mount of Olives, the disciples came to him privately saying, Tell us. When will these things be? And what will be the sign of your coming and the end of the age? And Jesus answered and said to them, Take heed that no one deceives you. For many will come in my name, saying, I am the Christ, and will deceive many. And you will hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that you're not troubled. For all these things must come to pass. But the end is not yet. For nations will rise against nation, kingdom against kingdom, and there will be famines, pestilences, and earthquakes in various places. 
and these are the beginning of sorrows. Then they will deliver you up to the tribulation and kill you, and you will be hated by all nations for my name's sake. Then many will be offended and will betray one another and will hate one another. Then many false prophets will rise up and deceive many. And because of lawlessness will abound, because lawlessness will abound, the love of many will grow cold. But he who endures to the end shall be saved. And this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in all the world as a witness to all the nations, and then the end will come. Therefore, when you see the abomination of desolation spoken of in Daniel a prophet, standing in the holy place, Whoever reads, let him understand. Then let those who are in Judea flee to the mountains. Let him who is on the housetop not go down to take anything out of his house. And let him who is in the field not go back to get his clothes. But woe to those who are pregnant and those who are nursing babies during those days. And pray that your flight may not be in winter or on the Sabbath, for then there shall be great tribulation, such as not been since the beginning of the world until this time. No, nor ever shall be. And unless those days were shortened, no flesh would be saved. But for the elect's sake, those days will be shortened. Then I say, then if anyone says to you, look, here is the Christ, or there, do not believe it. For the false Christs and false prophets will rise and show great signs and wonders to deceive, if possible, even the elect. See, I have told you beforehand. Therefore, if they say to you, look, he is in the desert, do not go out. Or look, he is in the inner rooms, do not believe it. For as the lightning comes from the east and flashes to the west, so also will be the coming of the Son of Man. For wherever the carcass is, there the eagles will be gathered together. Immediately the tribulation of those days, the sun will be darkened, and the moon will not give its light, the stars will fall from the heaven, and the powers of the heavens will be shaken. Then the sign of the Son of Man will appear in heaven, and all the tribes of the earth will mourn, and they will see the Son of Man coming on the clouds of heaven, with power and great glory, and he will send his angels with a great sound of a trumpet, and they will gather together his elect from the four winds, from one end of heaven to the other. That's a good place to stop. That's a lot to be reading. Let's get into it a bit further. First one, when Jesus went out and departed from the temple... Uh, no longer to return uh, during his earthly ministry. Why? Let's go look back. Just turn the page back. Matthew 22, verse 46 says, And no one was able to answer him a word, nor from that day did anyone dare question him anymore. There was no reason for him to go back into the temple to answer any questions because nobody was going to ask him any. Okay. And his disciples came up to show him the buildings of the temple. Now, there's a few things. This is from Josephus. 
who was a, 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 a Jewish historian. Okay, so here it is. Talks about uh, that for eight whole years together, Herod the Great kept 10,000 men working and for the magnificent and stateliness exceeded Solomon's temple. And remember, Solomon's temple was this beautiful thing that um, Solomon was able to build. God had given his father David the plans to build it, but but said, no, you can't build it. you got too much blood on your hands. So it will be up to your son, Solomon. So Solomon's temple with all this gold and such. Now, it says after Herod's work, the temple was huge nearly 500 yards long and 400 yards wide. Uh, Herod's plan for rebuilding started in 19 BC and was only completed in AD 63, taking more than 80 years. And the temple was finished just seven years before it was destroyed. Hmm. Second temple wasn't just big, it was beautiful. Uh, again, Josephus said that the temple was covered with gold plates. And when the sun shone on them, it was blinding to look at. Where there was no gold, there were blocks of marble of such a pure white that from a distance, strangers thought there was snow on the temple. Now, do you think Herod the Great, who wasn't all that great, remember he was the guy that sent out, uh, trying to kill all the baby boys two years old and younger in Bethlehem after trying to take out Jesus, uh, you know, do you think he was doing this to glorify God? I think he built the temple mostly bigger and better and fancier uh, just to glorify himself as a self-ephodus. Yeah, ephodus. Yeah, I don't know. Fancy word is a tribute to himself. Okay, now, verse 2, And Jesus said to them, do you not see all these things? Surely I say to you that not one stone will be left here upon another that shall not be thrown down. And this did happen in 70 AD. It was said at the fall of Jerusalem that the last surviving Jews of the city fled to the temple because it was the strongest and most secure building in the city. Roman soldiers surrounded, and one drunken soldier started a fire that soon engulfed the whole building. Ornate gold detail work in the roof melted down in the cracks between the stone walls of the temple. And to retrieve the gold, the Roman commander ordered that the temple be dismantled stone by stone. The destruction was so complete that today they still have true difficulty learning exactly where the foundation of the temple was. And those of you who have uh, visited Israel, I, I know that you've witnessed as you've seen this. Okay, so what is Jesus saying here? He's saying, don't put your trust on things made by human hands. Simple. Don't trust in anything made by human hands. Anything man-made will fail. Anything God made will not. Okay, now we go on down to verse 3. It says, now as he sat on the Mount of Olives. Now, this is just east of the temple across the Kidron Valley on the other bank of the Kidron Valley. Okay, The disciples came to him privately, didn't come into the big crowds that we've had previously, and saying, 
Tell us, when will these things be? And what will be the sign of your coming and of the end of the age? Uh, now, these guys more than likely figured that these two events would be tied together or at least happen not that far apart. And actually, I have a pretty good idea. These guys also thought they would be coming, it would be coming soon, uh, as in their lifetime. And what, how does, how does Jesus answer? He said to them, take heed that no one deceives you. Over the years, there have been many predictions as to when Christ will return. Here's a notable one. Uh, prophetic expectation in 1844 with William Miller of the United States. Not somebody I'd heard about before I read this. Because of his prophetic interpretations, calculations, and publications. You ever heard of this kind of stuff before going on recently? Okay. There were hundreds of thousands of, in the United States who were convinced that Jesus would return in 1844. When he did not, there was great disappointment. Man, imagine that. What about, what about in the thief of the night? Don't people understand? What about only the father knows? Do people not understand? That just, I'm sorry, I have to go that way. Okay, they had great disappointment with some falling away. Yeah, that's, that is the, uh, collateral damage in such things. And some cultic groups spawning from the prophetic fervor. And you might just kind of put, put your mind together about what kind of cultic groups came about in the mid 19th century. Okay. So here we are. Okay. Take heed. No one deceives you. It's been going on. Now, for many will come in my name saying, I am the Christ and will deceive many. Many will come in my name saying, I am the Christ. Again, over the years, many have claimed to be the Messiah. Uh, guess what? Charlie Manson claimed to be the Messiah. If you, if you goggle it, you can get this big old list. And we had one there that reminded me, uh, the Reverend Sun Young Moon with the Unification Church, if you'll remember, out of Korea. Uh, yeah, he fizzled out. It's funny, I can remember this in the early 80s. I was at a swap. Well, I was at a, um, well, yeah, swap me thing. It wasn't a car swap me, just, you know, general flea market thing. And I was wearing a Moon t-shirt. The guy came up to me and says, oh, are you a follower of the Reverend Moon? And when I had the blank look on my face, oh, or is it just a t-shirt? And I felt like saying, well, it's from Dean Moon, the maker of Moon Discs that I run in my car. <laughs> but see, that's it. They had these people, people get these things stuck in their mind. Still do to this day. Now, goes on to say, and you will hear of wars and rumors of war. See that you are not troubled. Don't panic. Don't panic. Who's in charge? We aren't. God is. Don't panic. Put your trust in him. Now, for all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. For nation will rise against nation. Huh. Kingdom against kingdom. Yeah. And there will be famines. Yeah. Pestilences. Yeah. Earthquakes. No kidding. In various places. All of these are beginnings of sorrows. Uh, basically, birth pains in other translations. Okay. Jesus is just warning his disciples, us. He is warning us that these things are about to come. Uh, again, be prepared. 
Put your trust in the Lord. Uh, come alongside your friends and loved ones and family. Put your trust in the Lord. Verse 9. Then they will deliver you up to the tribulation and kill you. And you will be hated by nations for my name's sake. You know, this is a pretty good time to uh, revisit how the apostles died. Here it is. Matthew, the author of this book, was beheaded with a sword. Mark died in Alexandria after being drugged through the streets of the city. Luke was hanged on an olive tree in Greece. Now, John, we've talked about this before, if you've been with us, uh, died a natural death. Of course, that's after they boiled him in oil. <laughs> Peter was crucified upside down in Rome. James was beheaded in Jerusalem. James Celeste was thrown from a height and then beaten with clubs to make sure they finished the deal. Philip was hanged. Bartholomew was whipped and beaten until death. Andrew was crucified and preached at the top of his voice to his persecutors till he died. Thomas was run through with a spear. Jude was killed with the arrows of an executioner. Matthias was stoned and then beheaded, as was Barnabas, and the apostle Paul was beheaded in Rome. Okay, he's, he's, he is not, Jesus here is not uh, painting a pretty picture. He's letting us know straight up the things that can and will happen for our faith. Think about that. You know, it goes back to that deal is, okay, if somebody held a gun to your head and said, deny Christ or die, what would you do? Well, sitting here right now where I'm in a nice enough place and all that, and chances of somebody happening to do that uh, are kind of slim, uh, I'd say, sure. Uh, but what do we know when we get that close? I would like to think that those of us who have been followers of Jesus for a number of years, and as we continue to mature in that, uh, would certainly say, no, not going to die. What's, what's worse going to happen? They're going to kill you. Okay, so then you'll be in the arms of Jesus. Sounds good to me. Now, verse 10. And then many will be offended. No. <laughs> that kind of cracks me up. That's, that's something that happens a lot. I was, back during when the... Uh, pandemic thing was going, everything was shut down. That guy had a t-shirt says, just because you're offended doesn't mean that you're right. <laughs> that was true. Okay, they'll be offended. We'll betray one another and hate one another. Spurgeon says that persecution will reveal the traitors within the church as well as their enemies without. Again, betrayal. Verse 11, then many prophets will rise up and deceive many. Again, does this sound familiar? And because of lawlessness, because lawlessness will abound, the love of many will grow cold. They'll feel defeated. You know, it's kind of like, what's the purpose? You know, I've got all this other stuff going on. People are allowed to do this, allowed to do that, which really we see going on in our, in our country today where we have, you know, oh, you can, you can, uh, you can shoplift up to so many dollars because you, people need that so they can, uh, you know, support themselves. It's crazy. It is just absolutely crazy. Hmm. Makes you feel like we're getting closer and closer, doesn't it? I have a pretty good idea. We were talking about this at a men's prayer the other day and really got onto it and saying, you know what? I think that through every generation, 
people have felt that we are closer and closer to the rapture. Guess what? Uh, we are. We are. I, uh, I agree. Okay. What does it mean? Be prepared. Okay. But he who endures to the end, being prepared, shall be saved. And the, this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in all the world as a witness to all the nations, and then the end will come. Uh, sometimes people say this is a reason for going out and evangelizing every country on earth is to heed Jesus' return. Uh, again, uh, Jesus, uh, God knows when that's going to happen, and he's doing just fine without my help. Although, I just said, we do need to evangelize. That's what we're called to do. Now, therefore, when you see the abomination of desolation, uh, many people believe that this happened in 70 AD with the destruction of the, of the temple. Well, it sure did. Okay. Uh, others speak of it in a future event uh, with the desire to rebuild the temple and then have it happen Again, a future event. I am, my, like I say, my eschatology uh, is that I'm ready in a minute, and that's what we all need to be. Okay, now, when you read of this, spoken by Daniel the prophet, standing in the holy place, whoever reads this, let him understand. Okay, so let's read it. Daniel chapter 11 verse 31 and 2, where it says, And forces shall be mustered by him, Antichrist, and they shall defile the sanctuary fortress. They shall take away the daily sacrifices and the place where the, and the place there the abomination of desolation. Those who do wickedly against the covenant shall corrupt with flattery, but the people who know their God shall be strong and carry out great exploits. Hmm. Now, verse 16 says, let those who are in Judea flee to the mountains. You know, many Christians uh, fled Jerusalem during the Roman siege or uh, before, right before the destruction of the temple. Let him who is on the, roo on the housetop not go down to take anything out of his house. And let him who is in the field not go back to get his clothes. Ready, be ready. But woe to those who are pregnant and those who are nursing and babies in those days. That seems, wow, that's something. Well, a practical standpoint on this is that it's awfully hard. It's awfully hard to move. <laughs> you know, it's hardly hard to travel when you're really pregnant. I have not experienced that, but I see that. And pray that your flight may not be in the winter. Again, hard to travel or on Sabbath. For then there will be great tribulation such as not been seen since the beginning of the world until this time, nor ever shall be. And unless those days are shortened, no flesh would be saved. But for the elect's sake, again, the believers, those days will be shortened. Now, verse 23, if anyone says, says to you, look, here is the Christ, or there, do not believe it, for false Christs and false prophets will rise and show great signs and wonders to deceive. Listen to this. If possible, even the elect. So, see, I have told you beforehand. Let's look at 1 John chapter 4. Let's start 
verse 1 where it says, Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits, whether they are of God, because many false prophets have gone out into the world. By this you will know the Spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh of God, in the flesh is of God. And every spirit that does not confess that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is not of God. Pretty simple, right? And this is the spirit of the Antichrist, which you have heard was coming and is now already in the world. Many Antichrists, okay? And the spirit thereof, those who are teaching anti-Jesus, anti-Christ. Now, therefore, if they say to you, look, he is in the desert, do not go out. Or look, he is in the inner rooms, do not believe it. For as lightning comes from the east and flashes to the west, so also will be the coming of, of the Son of so also the coming of the Son of Man will be. For wherever the carcass is, there the eagles will be gathered together. That's an interesting saying. Well, what it is, it's talking about false teachers will swoop down like vultures on the vulnerable, those who are following what their itching ears want to hear. Verse 29, immediately after the tribulation of those days, the sun will be darkened and the moon will not give its light. The stars will fall from heaven and the powers of heaven will be shaken. Let's look at Isaiah 34, verse 4, where it says, All the hosts of heaven shall be dissolved, dissolved, and the heavens shall be rolled up like a scroll. All their hosts shall fall down, and as the leaf falls from the vine, as a fruit falling from the fig tree. Okay. Now, it goes on to say, Then the the sign of the Son of Man will appear in heaven, and all the tribes of the earth will mourn. Let's go to Revelation chapter 1, verse 7. It says, Behold, he is coming with clouds, and every eye will see him, even those, even they who pierced him. And all the tribes of the earth will mourn because of him. Even so, amen. All those who will mourn him because they'll be afraid of the return of Jesus. Not, not us. Looking forward to it. Now, and he will send his angels with a great sound of a trumpet, and he will gather together his elect believers from the four winds from one end of heaven to the other, no matter where the elect are, no matter where we believers are. Um, I know that the apostles, when they're asking this, again, I think they pretty much figured that these things are going to happen fairly quickly and within their lifetime. Uh, Again, God is not slow as we figure God being slow. He wants that not one person, uh, he wants no one to go to hell. Uh, He wants all that that all should be saved. So he's given every possible chance. So if you are one who have yet to, uh, to surrender to Jesus, uh, God's giving you that chance, and I would uh, I would certainly recommend it, and that's my prayer for you. It's a prayer for all all my uh, 
Actually, everybody here, everybody on earth, I, whether a friend or foe, whatever, that they would come to know Jesus as their Savior and to surrender to him all their things. And with that, uh, I'm just going to end up closing with a benediction. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you his peace. Amen.